Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. What a dank, dreary day it's been at the US Open today. However, thankfully, due to the invention of roofs, we've actually had play, Catherine. Uh, play hasn't finished for the day as we come to you right now. We're between sessions. Everything on the outside courts has been cancelled. Catherine and I are standing adjacent to the Amazon Prime Video studio. We're actually standing in the, in the Wow Wow studio, which is the Japanese broadcaster. It's very nice in here, isn't it? I like it. Wow, wow, we've had a lovely day. They uh, saw they? Kei Nishikori win oh, yeah. uh, in the first match of the day, then set up shop and went home. Yeah, so basically the, the, there are three studios lined up here. There's the Wow Wow Studio, there's Amazon Prime Video, and then I think it's ESPN, the other side. One of it? ESPN's many, well, yes. yes. It's their sort of cash studio. Oh, right, they, yeah. own, they own the they place. They have like sort of um, like beach chairs yes. in there. Beachy and sofas. Then we sort of overlook these. How many are there? There are five practice courts right ahead of us, all lined up. And then in the distance, there's the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And everything is behind a sort of see through Mac, isn't it? <laughs> it's, I've been broadcasting from sort of inside a shower today. It's, it's felt like yeah. behind a shower curtain. It's a shower curtain. That's which, what it is. When Greg Rosetsky sat next to you, is a weird experience. <laughs> Uh, although you've you seem to have enjoyed each other's company today there's been there's been some good old uh chat and debate uh there was a particularly good debate in the last 20 minutes or so now what what were you discussing you were discussing Djokovic and you were also discussing Alexander Zverev weren't you and the the sort of um the idea of the super coach and how in the case of Ivan Lendl it hasn't hasn't worked there's an example where it doesn't necessarily work yeah I mean we talked about all sorts today I love it when it Rains TV wise because you just sort of give them free reign and it's Catherine does the podcast it's on the telly. Basically, re- doing the podcast on the telly with sort of <laughs> Martina Navratilova and it's it's great. Oh yeah, she had Martina Navratilova. When you've got people in today. your ear saying, "Keep this chat going as long as you can." Right. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, fine. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Greg was really punchy on. I mean, we were talking about sit to pass. I think I think it, the the genesis of the conversation was the age-old discussion of the gap between the big three and the rest, and in particular the 
current failure of the next generation to really push on through we ran a an interview with Andy Murray from a couple of weeks ago in which he said he thought it would be 2021 when things would start to really change I don't think he was ruling out the possibility of the odd breakthrough here and there but before the whole complexion of men's tennis actually changed he thinks 2021 Mm. um, which Greg thinks is not good enough and it's not good enough for the youngsters to be just looking skyward and saying well it's because those guys are are too good they need to be looking inward and trying to displace them rather than waiting for them to step aside and he thinks that coaching is a big piece of the puzzle there I think he sees a lot of them um, sit to pass in particular and he thinks bringing an extra voice on board I know he feels the same about Kyle Edmund as well um, and it's certainly worked for Denis Shapovalov um, with Eugenie in the past couple of weeks although albeit small sample size he thinks an extra voice is a, what a lot of these guys need mm, yeah uh, I think I'd, I'd agree with him uh, certainly with, with a few of those guys uh, when we last left you uh, we were talking ahead of Nick Kyrgios's match. We'll just wrap that up very quickly. <laughs> I stayed for it uh, for BBC Radio. Uh, it's, it's one of those that, to just give you an idea, I mean, obviously he, he's he's somebody we talk about a lot and sometimes people say to us, why do you spend so much time talking about Nick Kyrgios? Now, when I spoke to our editors back in the UK and I said, look, it's it's midnight here, what what do you want from us? And they said, well, who, who have you got? And I read it, read it out and they go, oh, Kyrgios, yeah, oh, we'll have him. Oh, yeah, but stay for him. Stay till the early hours for him. So anyway, there I was at 20 to 2 in the morning talking about Nick Kyrgios, who had played against Steve Johnson and it was, it was straight sets. And at the start of the match, Kyrgios comes out and he does his sort of tunnel interview first ever interesting walk-on interview yeah and breaking he, news they said so what are you going to do today what are your plans what are your strategies so i'm just going to go out and try and put on a show he said it's 11 p.m i'm going to try and put on a show for these people and and for the first set that's exactly what he did i mean there were some just audacious trick shots you know elaborate unnecessary winners in, in you know things he could have put away in a regulation fashion and he chose to do them in his own way and the crowd those that were there they were just having the time of their lives they were just high-fiving they were standing up they were laughing at the you know they were barely laughing at things he was doing and that is the joy of Nick Kyrgios and in the second set Steve Johnson kept it tight you saw the stress levels rise for Kyrgios he started to have an argument with James Kyothavong about really nothing at all and then Towels? he Towels? No, he, no he, towel beef yesterday He swore he got an audible obscenity code violation uh, which we saw flash up on the screen because that's what they're doing here at the US Open this year and then the most interesting element of it of all of it was that Steve Johnson had enough of it and he just he said something to the effect of he swore as well and he said can we just stop talking and play I'm sick of this and and he shouted that across to Kyrgios and it just seemed to focus Kyrgios completely who then started to pull himself together and play really well and at the end he he played another ridiculous I think forehand cross court drop volley and followed it with a little dance already gift is it it's already oh, gift yeah. okay of course it is Sorry. of course it is then the drama continued because afterwards he did a little uh, media huddle um and then he proceeded to be uh, questioned by the reporters about his fine back in cincinnati and his reaction to it and he said well uh the atp are 
pretty corrupt were the words he used uh, to which they put out a statement today saying that they would be looking into those those words and considering whether they represented a major offence or not and then Kyrgios rather quickly put out a statement written in notes because all tennis player statements are written in notes on their uh, their iPhones um, saying uh, that he had chosen the wrong words he, he, he had used the incorrect it wasn't a correct word to have used and he referenced that he what he meant was sort of double standards and he's certainly not suggesting that the ATP are corrupt which I think was probably quite a sensible thing to have uh, have done yeah I wonder if lawyers were called or well, so somebody probably has lawyers at were least had a word in his ear and said you can't go around saying things like that about people yeah and I think it's I, I I'm I'm fine with all of that I'm fine with him I, I he should be allowed to criticize the ATP an accusation of corruption is obviously something legally a significant step further but I think I mean whether he's on any firm ground I don't know and the ATP have said they're going to investigate those comments but him criticizing the ATP it pales in comparison offense wise to what he did to Fergus Murphy in Cincinnati and this is all kind of now <laughs> the, the latest chapter in the saga is obscuring the previous chapter in the saga and for me the previous chapter is still niggling mm. and it, yeah. it feels a bit like deflection from Kyrgios like Alex Ferguson used to do yeah, yeah I don't, but I still loved that match I loved it was good fun, it was and, good fun. and I was really pleased to see Steve Johnson kick off a bit yeah, about it, it and I was sad for him that it actually resulted in Kyrgios playing better because he didn't deserve people, that more people should I, I sort of think on one hand more people should do it I'm amazed more players don't just say I'm sick of this you know and at the same time it worked against Steve Johnson I think if he'd have kept Stum he'd have had a chance of winning the match but anyway um, so that's what happened suddenly Kyrgios' draw is just opening wide which, which is the worst possible news for Nick Kyrgios. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I know what you mean, but... You think he's going to lose to Rublev, don't if you? If ever Nick Kyrgios is going to have his moment, it is this fortnight. <laughs> you said that on the chat, which is now called Kyrgioserving Judgment. Yeah, although it, earlier it, today. It, there was suggestion earlier today that it might be renamed again to Kyrie, oh my God, it's on. <laughs> from your brother math which was just genius I thought so anyway we've just used up the first nine minutes of the tennis podcast talking about Nick Kyrgios for those of you that don't like him or don't want to hear about him uh, we're finished now so we'll talk about other people we'll talk about the fact that the rain is just splattering down on these uh, outside courts and basically we've spent six hours waiting for Johanna, Johanna Conta and Dan Evans' matches to come onto court uh, Conta made a brief appearance uh, it started raining and she went back again and poor old Margarita Gasparian her opponent just sat there with a towel on her head looking just utterly sick of it all Margarita Gasparian summed up all our moods yes, today in one photo however the good news is as I said at the outset thankfully we have two courts that have both got a roof on them um, and, uh, and so we've had play what, what, what did we start with? we started with Karolina Pliskova and we started with Kei Nishikori Pliskova won comfortably 
Nishikori went <laughs> the roundabout route that he tends to favour against uh, Bradley Klahn of the mm. United States. Nishikori dropped a completely unnecessary set against Bradley Klahn. Who actually played very well. I mean, he, 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 he came did. back. And there was a, there was a fantastic did. stare down after one particular shot that, uh, that Nishikori... Nishikori involved in a stare down. Nishikori ran forward to a drop volley. Okay, and he hit a forehand passing shot that was probably a little bit closer to his opponent than he than he intended, and Nishikori kind of smiled and laughed. Bradley Klein was not laughing. <laughs> he was doing he was doing the sort of over the shoulder stare down. It was one of those sort of, and then he looked away again, and then he had another look as if to Oof. say, "Did you mean to do that? Because if you did, I'm coming over the net." <laughs> <laughs> and then, Kane Nishikori. And that, and, yeah, and there was that brilliant moment in the crowd. He definitely, I, definitely didn't mean I, it, did I, he? No, of course Kane Nishikori. Of course he didn't. Can't even bring himself to do an underarm serve. Because <laughs> it might be unfair. Um, and when he does do one, he just sort of giggles about it. But they did one of those things that I love in tennis stadiums. When you have a moment like that, and everybody, all the sort of din dies down from the celebration of the of the moment, and then they sl- show it in slow motion on screen, and they show the stare down on screen. So if Kei Nishikori had somehow missed it, he gets to see it, and all the crowd are going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember that happening between Roger Federer and Andy Murray at the 2013 Australian Open. They played each other in the semi-finals. And I was out there in the stadium, not commentating that day. I was just do, getting some some little uh, flash interviews with people around the court, and and there was a moment where they had words on the camera, and you saw them on the camera, and then they were shown on the big screen, exchanging words, and, and we couldn't. I don't think we could see it in our commentary box, so it was more difficult to represent. But there was genuine tension in the stadium. Suddenly, everybody in the stadium realised what was going on, um, and I love all that, as you know. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. 
but if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So uh, those are the first two matches of the day. Then Mr. Federer came onto the court and promptly lost the first set to Damir Schumer. Yeah, well, I mean, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness Damir Jumher and Roger Federer gave us a long and good match today because when the, the best thing about first week of slams is that buzzy, there's something going on everywhere thing. So when, when that's not the case, because it's piddling down with rain everywhere... You can probably hear the rain, listen to this. All your hopes rest on, rest on two courts. And the, yeah. the Svitolina-Venus match was decent. Yeah. But didn't catch fire in the. But, but aside from a, a very entertaining moment with a cup of coffee, didn't quite catch fire in the in the way they brought that cof- I was hoping for. Coffee out to Venus Williams, and she did start to play better at that point. Well, somebody in her coaching box handed over a cup of coffee from the stands to a ball kid, who very diligently. Um, grabbed the coffee and trailed after Venus Williams to give it to her. She, without a backward glance, left the court. So he ju- he just turned around and was just stood there with this cup of coffee, going, "Oh no, how I can't go in the loo with her. How <laughs> am I going to get this cup of coffee into the hands of Venus Williams?" And he looked so just awkward about the whole thing, and he ends up sort of scurrying off and putting it on her chair. Uh-huh. Anyway, she drinks the coffee and she wins the next three games. But wow. then loses the match it, it was it was decent Svitolina must have been really good I think from from what I was reading from Tamani Cariol who is the journalist for the Guardian who was watching he said that Venus fought her heart out but Svitolina was really good today she yeah, she did she did because she was she was I think a double breakdown and she got one of them back and Svitolina need I wasn't counting and um, we didn't have the audio on but she needed a lot of match points Venus dug her heels in and actually she every time I looked up there seemed to be a slow-mo of Venus gritting her teeth literally gritting her teeth which is fantastic to see she is 39 years old let's have a moment she's 39 years old um, and was extremely competitive today against the fifth seed she's not Alina Svitolina she's not too far off three times the age of Coco Golf. I, I, I can't <laughs> Can't process that. Um, Gem's life still on. Is it confirmed? What's that? It is Gail, Alina, Monfils, Svitolina. It is the union. And that's of the, uh, it's the Instagram union. Okay, so there's been some Instagram action, has there? Well, no, but 
Morfis was in her box. He was in attendance. Okay, and she played well. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> Roger Federer lost the first four games against Damir Schumacher, yeah. who's, who, who from Bosnia it has had a tough season. He's had a lot of injury problems. I was reading in Matt's incredible notes that he does for 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 uh, Catherine every day that that they. I mean, the, the, don't give away my secrets. <laughs> just done it. The catalogue of injuries are just incredible. Yeah, um, he got inside the world's top thirty last yeah. year he was you know he was seeded at a couple of slams lovely and player to it's watch been tough for him isn't he because he's not a big guy he just sort of he figures out ways to make you uncomfortable he likes a drop shot he goes into the net he's 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 awkward and, and actually he, for those four games he just he took it to Federer and Federer was not ready for it he's got so much heart hasn't he really digs his heels down won't lie down um, and yeah we were googling six love sets lost by Federer at, at slams, I think I, th- I think the one at the French, yeah, to was, Nadal. There was yeah, there were about four or so, to- four or five total. No, I mean, Matt said the second most recent six love set that Federer had lost. I mean, this is an irrelevant stat now because he didn't lose any six love sets today, but it's such a good stat that it's going to get an airing. Um, <laughs> we don't the, know when we might be able to use it again. The second most recent <laughs> six love set that Federer lost was at Queen's in 1999 wow. on his one and only visit to Queen's when yeah. he lost to Byron Black. Ah. Fantastic. Uh, we're getting the eyes from the Wow Wow uh, studio organiser here. We might have to depart the just, studio. I'm just going to moonwalk out of the yeah. Wow Wow studio. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that because there might be somebody really important coming in. Uh, so here we go. Um, we're going to open the uh, shower curtain and come out <laughs> into the... It's uh, like stars in their into eyes. Into the corridor. We've emerged. And we're, here we are. We've done it. <laughs> we've, we're effectively in the corridor. And very well done, uh, Catherine and me. So... Um, he got himself back together, though, Roger Federer, didn't he? Because what, what I liked about the way he, he righted himself, it wasn't, he wasn't just playing games with Juma to, to sort of make him choke. He suddenly found his form, his groove. He, there, was a, there was one rally when he was about three love up in the second set, Federer, where he just decided to tee off. And Juma was teeing off at the same time both of them absolutely middling the ball and I love it when both players decide well I'm not backing down and Federer hit two swiping backhands cross court then he got one on his forehand and again he just hit right through it there was no rallying to it at all he just hit it as hard as he physically could and you got a sense then I think of just how powerful he is how good his timing is and I think sometimes we don't realize that because most of the time he doesn't need to play like that he plays percentages and puts balls in corners but his sheer shot making ability to connect with the ball and send it through the air at maximum velocity is probably up there with with anybody really yeah there were patches today when he was breathtakingly good as good as I've seen him when you were thinking was was that a dream that first set because he was pretty horrible in the first set really really rusty didn't have any timing um the the ball seemed to be sort of kicking up on him a bit he talked after the last match about what an adjustment the conditions and the balls are the fact that everyone's banging on about the balls being different here to in montreal and cincinnati aren't they and i think he's he's not too happy about he said oh the balls are different to the ones i was playing with in switzerland well buy the same balls then (laughs) Surely, surely somebody can organise that for you. I feel you. like that's an achievable goal yeah. for you, Roger. It is a bit, really, isn't um, it? But yeah, I mean, 
it, it was incredible the way you turned it around absolutely incredible you didn't just turn it around and get good enough to win he turned it around he went from horrible to breathtaking yes. in the space of a few games but he can't keep doing this no no he's got to figure out a way to start correctly because this is not really what he does is it I mean yes we've seen him this year lose the first set um, at Wimbledon in his first round match but over the years he wouldn't have to do this but but I think that it's probably a symptom of not having had any matches coming in isn't it yeah and it is as great as he was in sets two, three and four, I thought he was a little bit irritable in the post-match interview on court with Brad Gilbert. By his own standards, you know, usually it doesn't matter what kind of a battle he's had out there. He will give, give, give and turn it on for those on-court interviews. And he was good. What did he say? What, but I just what, what got the impression the that he just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. It was fine. He talked about He talked about the adjustment. It was all quite nuts and bolts stuff. There was no charming one-liners or yeah none of that and Mm. yeah I just got the impression he wanted to get off court and have a chat with Ivan Lubacic and figure a few things out maybe yeah Yeah. Uh, I noticed after his previous match he talked about how he was struggling not to serve long all the time so he was ending up adjusting by trying to almost serve into the net because his sights were out isn't that so fascinating to to realise that even somebody who's as finely tuned as he is sometimes kind of has to bluff himself and, and do, do something a little bit like aim a little bit incorrectly in order to hit the right spot I read those quotes and I tried to calculate or hazard a guess at how many serves Roger Federer has hit in his life I mean how many are we up to? <laughs> how, how, how does he ever miss do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how can that be the case? That you're having to sort of second guess yourself and readjust your aim. Like, I just, I mean. <laughs> and that's what's so wonderful about, not... about sports, though, isn't it? Yeah. And particularly this sport, I think it's similar in golf as well. You've never cracked it, you've never got it, and that's the end of it. It doesn't matter who but you are. But what an awful feeling that it's not within your control. Doesn't matter who you are or how many serves you've hit in your life. One day you can wake up and suddenly you're hitting them all long yeah. you're doing exactly the same thing you were doing the day before I mean it never seemingly. happens to me whenever I serve it's pinpoint <laughs> <laughs> pinpoint bouncing before the net that has happened um, other matches today have we had any other matches Madison Keys. oh yeah she looked good beat Julin. she had a wobble in the first set she was down a break in the first set um, found her groove found her groove um, that's the most recent match that we've just been covering on Prime Video. Daniela, Daniela, who incidentally has picked her to win the tournament, not with any massive conviction, <laughs> I don't think, but she feels like she's as good a shot as any. I think she's encouraged by what she's seeing from Madison Keys that she's striding in the right direction or maybe tiptoeing in the right direction, but I think she'd like to see more of it. I think she still feels like she goes route one too often um, and she needs to develop the variety in her game even more and not hit the panic button and just resort to leathering it mm. um, all the time. Yeah. We, uh, we had, um, we've got the, the evening session to come tonight. We're, we're going to 
call it a day after this little chat for today unless there's any drama tonight because we were expecting Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams to to probably win fairly straightforwardly we'll wrap them up tomorrow um, and and on Armstrong it's Ash Barty Ash against Barty. Lauren Davis and then Gregor Dimitrov was scheduled to play Borna Choric yes under the lights but Choric has had to withdraw handing Gregor a probably very welcome birth he's on in a round run. three he's on a roll <laughs> and actually this morning <laughs> I was on the bus into from Manhattan to, to the tennis here it takes about half an hour and it's I mean we call it the media bus but actually it's for all the officials and all the line judges and various sponsors etc etc and I was I was looking over my shoulder at Simon Briggs and I suddenly started doing this double triple take on this chap who was basically sitting one row across from me and realised it was born a charge. And for some reason, he was on, the, it was on our bus. I mean, I don't, I'm sure I would have thought he could have got some chauffeur-driven car. But then, you know, it did. It, I looked, I thought, oh, I wonder who he's playing today. So I looked it up, realised it was Dimitrov, but fourth match on. And here he was coming in at nine in the morning. Now, admittedly, players often do practice early, etc. But on a match day, that felt very, very early in hindsight. It did, I didn't really join the dots at the time. But then when you think about it, he was coming in to withdraw because he was physically unable to play, which... Which, which is a real shame. He's had a terrible time with injury this year. What, one other thing that just struck me is the look on Simon Briggs's face, who was sitting behind Borna Chorich. When Chorich stood up to, to, to leave the bus, Simon just mouthed to me, he is massive. Because <laughs> he's just, you know, he's just... His shoulders are so wide and he's way taller than you think. It's funny, isn't it? You don't think of him as a massive guy. He's really a big, imposing presence. I remember Um, thinking that when I stood in a lift with Stefanos Tsitsipas. Yeah. I I thought... Because he looks scrawny, doesn't he? He could be a bouncer. (laughs) So we've we've got Denis Shapovalov coached by a henchman. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Stefanos Tsitsipas, who's a bouncer in his spare time. Um, the, the one of the talking point um, that we have had, um, Catherine, is Damien Steiner, the uh, umpire who umpired the Wimbledon men's singles final between Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic and did, a, did an excellent job. I mean, four and a half hour match. Um, he has been sacked by the ATP, and the reason he's been fired is because he he gave a number of unauthorized interviews following that Wimbledon final in his home land of Argentina. I'm told, you know, you're talking quite a lot of interviews. You're not allowed to do them. Um, it's in the code of conduct that they're not supposed to. Um, he talked apparently about. Uh, various elements of, of the job and maybe changes he would make to, to, to the sports rules and elements of the match and, and he's got fired. I mean it, it feels extreme. I don't, I don't know whether it is fair or not in, in the view of most people but it, what a shame is, is all I can say for sure. Yeah, it doesn't feel like any of any discretion has been applied there whatsoever does it I mean they've come down on him like a hammer it sounds like he has very clearly violated the code of conduct um, and fair enough he should be penalised for that but there's an awful lot of violating of code of conducts going on in in the world and not everyone loses their job and it's a shame yeah, they it's couldn't a shame. Be given him he's a really good umpire. Yeah. suspended him for the rest of the year or something and then let him carry on but you know 
there are people on higher pay grades and important jobs more than I am. I just think back a year ago to when Mohamed Layani was the talk of the town and and I certainly felt that you know, a way back needed to be given to him, um, and it was, and it's, yeah, it's a shame. It really is. Um, but anyway, that's that's what's happened. Uh, that story broken by Chris Clary from the New York Times, who I'm hoping might join us on the tennis podcast at some point, just trying to uh, arrange diaries at the moment. Diarise yes. is the verb for that. Is it? Okay. Well, if you're a bit of a prat, it is. <laughs> I shall try and remember that and uh, I shall diarise <laughs> with uh, various guests on this <laughs> podcast over the course of this week. Um, so, right, evening session's coming up. Catherine's got a little bit more telly to do. I'm off into the town uh, to go and go to bed. <laughs> so I had about four hours sleep last night and I need a bit more tonight. So unless we have any more drama, we've been the Tennis Podcast. We've been brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Uh, we have got a little order of play here for tomorrow. That well, I've got two main courts order of play. Okay. If you'd like it. Yeah. If there's any interest. Hand them As over. Zverev against Tiafo from 5pm UK time. It's a good match that, isn't it? Uh, that's first up on Arthur Ashe then Halep against Taylor Townsend I love the sound of both of those yes, yes please Wozniacki Collins under the lights and then Kokinakis Nadal lovely stuff uh, Louis Armstrong Petkovic against Kvitova Osaka against Lynette and Isner against Struff and then under the lights Struf. there Struff say that again Struff Struff excellent I- I'm unable to do it <laughs> in, in a normal tone it's only good first um, and then Coco Goff against Tamir Babosh at 7pm and Charlie Steeb. no no that's an, that used to be Charlie Steeb. I know from Germany it now just, it, it is it just came out it's Cedric Marcel Steeb. they're not, Stebe. They're not even know. related but I liked it um <laughs> Uh, no, I've, I've clicked on his name there and now I've lost who he's playing who's he playing Marin Cilic, Marin Cilic. 2014 US Open champion Marin Cilic ok so that's all coming up tomorrow and the rest of the order of play will be released over the next few hours I'm sure Ooh, they're having a tough time doing that I'd I imagine mean, the good news is it's going to be glorious sunny weather tomorrow and for the next two days so they'll catch up it means you are all going to have an absolute tennis fest to enjoy on Thursday uh, Dan Evans and Johanna Conta will be on the order of play I would expect that they'll be at the start of the order of play as well um, so we will be back with you with another edition of the Tennis Podcast as well. Uh, after play tomorrow, Catherine will be presenting on Amazon Prime Video in the UK from for tomorrow from 3.30 in the afternoon. We'll have live commentary on BBC Radio 5 Live Sports Extra as well. Uh, we are executive produced by TennisBalls.com. Our mascot is Rio with a Y and we will be back tomorrow. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.